The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 129 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, this time recording from Windermere, Florida, in the famous Boathouse Studio. Has your seasonal affective disorder already kicked in? Well, I've got just the prescription. It's your dose of audio sunshine to be taken by monthly as directed this episode is brought to you in part by active water sports active water sports represents what a real pro shop should be with 37 years of water sports industry experience they are knowledgeable and passionate about their products from boats to wakeboards they're dedicated to helping you make the best buying decisions possible If you are in the market for something you can ride on the water, then go to www.activewake.com to browse their massive catalog. And if you're not sure where to begin, check out their comprehensive online guides for buying wakeboards, water skis, tubes, and wetsuits. They'll answer questions you didn't even know you could ask. Active Water Sports, they take your fun seriously. And seriously, folks, we are back and we got a great one for you today. My guest is wakeboarding rail rider, aficionado, and affordable boat enthusiast, Dylan Miller. We talk about the wakeboarding scene up in his native Saskatchewan, Canada, the wakeboarding scene in Claremont, Florida, Wakesich, travel, and if you listen close enough, you might even hear his neighbor's parrot squawking in the background. In fact, I guarantee it. Stoked to have Dylan on the show, but before we get into all of that, I would not be doing my job if I did not mention that you can listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android. And if all else fails, you can always just listen to it on my website, noiseofthenorth.com, the old-fashioned way. You can also follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano, T-Mano, D-A-N-O-T-M-A-N-O, and on Twitter at the golden underscore Mike to stay up to date with all the latest Golden Mike news. Also, I do want to thank 
all of you who continue to write five-star iTunes reviews for the podcast, even when I'm not bribing you to with free SWAG. I'm talking about swag, baby. You know, I spend half of my time here in sunny Florida and the other half or more in the sub-zero climate of Illinois, so your comments and reviews are really the only warmth I have in those cold, bitter months. Now, before we jump into our interview, there are a few news items and shout-outs I wanted to give. The first is to Dallas Friday and J.B. O'Neill, who recently joined the Centurion Boats team Both Dallas and JB have been guests on this podcast, and I strongly encourage you guys, find those episodes. I'll even give you a hint, episodes 73 and 89. What can I say about these two? JB, well, he's one of the most consistent and visible riders out there. He's become so creative with all the content he's been dropping. I also know he runs the popular wakeboarding Instagram account. And I know I can't open any social media without seeing a JB video pop up on my feed. And Dallas is absolutely the real deal. A true legend in the sport. She's a world champion multiple times, national champion multiple times, master's champion, an X Games gold medalist multiple times, SB award winner, and a mother of two. Back in the day... Uh, When she was blowing away all the female competition out of the water, she had no other choice but to beat the guys, too. She's kind of like the China of our sport, if you catch my reference. I remember when she showed up to Worlds just a few years ago, and it was just a few months after giving birth to her first child, and she won the whole thing. And the girl, she's just inspiring. Congrats to Centurion Boats, as well as Dallas and J.B. O'Neill. Speaking of other inspiring news, just last week, a group of employees and athletes from the Nautique Boat Company went on a mission trip to Puerto Rico to help rebuild a home devastated by Hurricane Maria a couple years ago. Last year, members of Nautique went to the town of Kei and helped rebuild a home, and they felt compelled, well, to do it again. A good friend of mine, Brandon Thomas, was actually part of the mission this year. BT, a.k.a. DJ Drop Top, will be my guest right here on the next episode of this podcast. And he will share a little bit about his experience, and I can't wait for you guys all to hear that. Lastly, I gotta mention... Max Van Helvert's long-awaited video edit, Standing Sideways, has finally dropped. And if you guys haven't already, you need to head on over well, to Chris Rogers' YouTube page, ReliancewakeCom or probably the many other places it's posted up on the internet, and check it out. It's a work of art that belongs on a 24-hour loop in a museum, my friends. He alternates seamlessly from wake to snowboarding, while pulling off some of the most impressively styled out tricks I've ever seen done in either sport. The tricks, the cinematography, the drone footage, and the music, everything is flawless. And I was completely blown away, my friends. You guys should pause this podcast right now. Go watch it and come back in four minutes. And when you're done, let me know what you think. What's that? You're driving right now? Well, pull over. 
This is worth being late to work for. Big ups to Max Van Helvert and the crew over there at O'Brien doing some amazing things. All right, on to our interview. This is actually Dylan's third time on the podcast. He was featured in episode 109 where I did a live podcast from Active Water Sports Evening with the Stars as well as episode 113 where I did a boat show cast from the Chicago Boat Show. After talking to him in those short segments, I knew I had to have him on for a full episode. It's taken a while, but he's here. He's a super laid-back guy who's become very influential within the industry. He's a gnarly hitter of rails, and he's super creative, and he takes a lot of risks. We recorded this interview at Dylan's house in Claremont, and I noticed as I was walking through his garage that he's got some amazing gear, not the least of which were his Slingshot wake foils. And since he's sponsored by Slingshot, it's safe to say that he knows the spoil of a foil and other amazing Slingshot gear as well. And you can too. Head over to SlingshotSports.com to check out the Slingshot Hoverglide foil wake package and look through all their different available options. Also, while you're there, be sure to check out their entire line of wakeboards, including Dylan's signature wakeboard, boots, wake surfers, kites, sling wings, and so much more. That website, again, is SlingshotSports.com. All right, all right, let's get into it. Here we go. Dylan Miller right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Here we are, and I appreciate you for having me at your house. This isn't my first time here. Uh, the last time I was here... I haven't been here in roughly like 90 episodes or something like that. Yeah. I recorded like episode 40 something with Ali Jerome and now this is episode Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you guys recorded here. I, I don't I can't that. remember if you were actually here or not for that. I don't know if I was. I know Ali told me about it when he was living here, but I I don't I don't think I was I don't think I was home though. I can't I can't remember for sure, but I don't think I was here. I know earlier today, you know, we've been obviously trying to connect on this mm-hmm. and you had a couple of things uh th- this week and Today, yeah. today you kind of got stuck out at the beach doing a little surfing. So I know it's yeah. like end of the season for like the wakeboarding mm. and everything. And um, obviously with hurricane season kind of lingering here, whatever the waves. How how are they here on uh, the East Coast? This morning was really good. It was awesome. I'm, I was uh, contemplating yesterday whether or not I was I was going to go wakeboarding uh, this morning, but the surf forecast looked really good. So I, yeah, my friend and I. Um, Brandon, who's my friend, we, we went out there, we left at, uh, five, like five thirty this morning from my place. And, uh, we got out there for sunrise and we were at, uh, second light was the first place that we surfed at, which is right close to the air force base on uh, close to like just South of Cocoa a little bit. Yeah, great it beach. was, it was awesome. It was, it was really, really crowded? good. Like, no, uh, yeah, it was a little crowded. We went down, um, a little bit, uh, North of, of where everybody else was kind of hanging out. We went uh, away from everybody and we kind of got like our own little zone to surf what, in. Uh, it was really waves? Good. Uh, today it was, I th- the forecast said it was four to, I think it was four to six, four to six feet. So some, some of the biggest ones might've been around six feet. Did you run into you, uh, any Wake Brothers out there? Um, no, I saw a Roswell, a Roswell truck though that was parked right beside us. I, I didn't know the guy that got out of it though. Um, by Brad Gearhart, maybe who knows? Maybe yeah. I'm not. I, I don't really know too many of those guys very well, so I'm sure that uh, 
I'm surprised yeah. you don't know those guys. I mean, yeah, I haven't really. Their their office is down there somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, is it on, close Robert, to the beach? Robert Oswell, those guys are okay. you know, Canadian-based guys. Yeah, and I, I I just don't really know them. It's kind of funny how we're like uh, in the same industry and kind of from the same neck of the woods, but we've never actually. Maybe I'm, I don't think I've, I don't even think well, I've met Where in Canada them. are you actually from? Aren't you from Saskatchewan? I am, yeah. I'm from the same province as Rusty. Rusty's, um, he's probably about five, I think over five, five hours north of me. So he's even, even further up than I am. So and, did you um, grow up riding with Rusty and stuff? No, he was kind of, uh, ahead of, ahead of me in like the, um, well in wakeboarding and like the whole age thing, I guess he's, I think he's only like four or five years older than I am. But he, um, right when I was kind of starting to get competitive and get into it and trying to like film video parts or whatever with uh, friends, he was kind of already at the stage where he was starting to spend a lot of time, I think, traveling like in Florida and everything. But Russ kind of helped, so, helped you out a little bit. Yeah, like I, I stayed at his place um, probably six, seven years ago um, before I had all my, my figured out with wakeboarding, like uh, before I had like a place down here and everything. And I stayed in, at his house. I only stayed there, I think, for like three or four months in the the one the one winter. Were you still boat but, riding a bunch at that point? Yeah, yeah, I was. I've always tried to ride boat just as much as cable. Um, so yeah, I, I rode a lot of boat. Like luckily, I was able to use his boat. There's me and uh, another guy named Robbie McMillan who was staying at Kyle Rattray's house that was on the same lake as Rusty and and uh, him and I uh, rode together a lot and I rode with Rusty a lot and just all the other guys in Claremont like Trevor Hansen and Danny and Bob Sitchell and. Yeah, all sorts of people. Just yeah. whoever had a boat that it wanted to ride. Right? And Henshaw, yeah, I spent a lot of time. I rode boat with him a little bit too um, before he kind of made the transition from like boat riding to like all cable. And then I spent, uh, obviously spent like a time riding at Area 52 when that park was up and running. So I've. Uh, Are they still running over there at all? Um, the park is still there. The cable's still standing, but he's uh, uh, he's still, I believe he's still trying to sell the park. It's 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 up for sale and he's. He's just, uh, yeah, I think there was, uh, last I heard there was some guy that was interested in it, but I don't know if that fell through or, or what happened, but um, the park's still there, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just it's just sitting there, which is kind of sad, but it's, it's just kind of. It's a legit spot, though, right? Yeah, it is. It's um, it's awesome. There's a lot of maintenance, I think, that goes into looking after the place just because, like, he put a lot of sod there, which is awesome because the grass is super nice when it's cut, and it's a really nice, really nice facility. It's a, it's a awesome place. But I mean, really, like right now, it's just sitting, kind of dormant. Nobody's using it. I believe it. so. It's I think he, I think he's just using it mostly for because he started another business outside of wakeboarding, and I think uh, he's just kind of storing some of the machinery there, as, as far as I know. So you've, at, you've, you've been able to utilize mm -hmm. that place and um, film a bunch of your, your yeah. parts out. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it was awesome. He, um, he, he let us kind of. He just kind of. He literally gave me keys to the to the park and. Myself and uh, and Trevor Bashir, um, we got. Uh, he gave me like us a, a, a set of keys to share. I, I believe, yeah. Trevor was living with, or I was. We were Trevor and I were living together at Bob Sitchell's house, which is only a few blocks away from where, where my house is now. And um, we just started going there. Like Kevin said, it was cool for us to. He went there and gave us a run rundown on how everything works, like with the cable and the generator, the electricity, the plumbing, and uh, he just said we could go there whenever we wanted. So Trevor and I literally went there whenever we wanted we we uh we just rode there every day probably for like two months straight i, I want to touch on on something here as far as it goes i would say like these days a lot of people would look at you and probably not necessarily associate you with a boat um maybe borderline even think it's crazy that you got a boat sponsor mm -hmm. uh, in heyday but of course like i remember like when you first started coming around i don't even think that cable riding real riding was 
was much of a thing other than practicing just chilling at ODA yeah. or hitting the rails for the contest or whatever. And yeah. Obviously, your your career has kind of changed, and and what I think you've become really so well known for, and is is what you've done on the rail side of stuff and like yeah. pushing the free riding side of things, and uh, so it, it's so cool because it, it feels like after you kind of hung up your your days as a boat rider like a specialist or whatever Mm -hmm. then the boat contract came yeah it was kind of it's funny because that's kind of how i thought about it too like i was (laughs) i was really well i've been i've been riding boat for 20 years which is pretty crazy i've been wakeboarding behind a boat for 20 years after this over 20 years now after this last summer so that's it's i didn't ride uh, at a cable park first time i rode at a cable park was in 2005 or 2004 so uh, I've been riding riding behind the boat a lot more than I I still have got way more experience behind a boat than I do in cable, um, but yeah I was kind of at the point where like I never did really all that great in any contest for boat riding and uh, not what about in like Canada in your early days Yeah I've I've I won a Canadian Na- I can't remember which year it was I won Canadian uh, nationals for boat riding and uh, I did good at a lot of a lot of contests in Canada like earlier on with wakeboarding um, at boat contests. But yeah, things were, it was, it seemed like my cable riding was getting a lot more recognition than my boat riding was. And so I was like, I think I'm just going to probably just make a transition. Like, I don't know if I... cable riding through like OWC or... Yeah, and just doing events, uh, contests somewhat, but most of the recognition I got and most of the stuff that I did that people were a fan of was the stuff that I filmed. And that's always the thing that I've looked up to in every, every like action sport, if you want to call it, like skateboarding, snowboarding, things that I really enjoyed watching and wakeboarding, like it was always video sections. So that was always from since day one was my number one goal is to like make a living. Like I saw like people like, like Shane Bonifay and like Sean Watson, who obviously did get in contests as well. But like, those are two of the guys that I looked up to like Shane's rail riding. Like I really enjoyed watching him when I was, when I was younger. And, um, that's kind of what I wanted to do was just film video parts and, uh, and just kind of go that route. But yeah, as soon as I kind of started to make that transition where I was kind of, I was still going to ride boat, like I really enjoyed it but it was going to be more of a, like a career choice, I guess you, you could say, to try and just stick to uh, park riding and winching. And then an opportunity came to the door with, uh, with Heyday. And, um, yeah, and I, was, and I was really stoked. Like, I, I was, uh, um, it was a great uh, opportunity for me, and it was also another chance for me to kind of, like, spark back up boat riding for me. And so it was, it was awesome. And because I, I still really love boat riding and – and uh, obviously, I'm not doing like the hardest tricks, like like the like contest tricks. But I really just try and concentrate on doing things that hopefully are unique and just kind of u- yeah, just unique to me. And, and I, I uh, think it's I think it's rad because I think like the whole idea behind Heyday, right, is mm-hmm. is like to put an affordable boat out there that that still produces quality wake and yeah, um, for sure. You know, but I don't know, like looking at you and kind of knowing some of your background and like some of your core kind of like. Mm-hmm your core fundamentals or whatever you know some people might be like i don't know that he's gonna sign with that company yeah some people definitely question that off the start because people were really unfamiliar with the company and uh and it's i didn't have like a a a whole lot of other opportunities with other brands and off the start when i first got involved with heyday i was obviously i didn't know much about the product and uh, i knew that it was like a more of a a price point type boat like was that was going to open the door for more people to get into it so i i went into it with like an open mind and uh 
And then I got a chance to get behind the boat for the first time was after Surf Expo was actually when I met Ben Dorton, who was uh, him and his father, the ones that started the company. Uh, it was and under Ben's the name Wake Tractor is, uh, is John Dorton. Yeah, and John. John was with he was with uh, Mastercraft for I think 15 years. He was the CEO on and off, like he bought and sold into the company uh, multiple times. And um, so yeah, Ben invited me to come up there for the photo shoot for Heyday, and I spent some time behind the boat, and I was like, wow, this is like really sick. Like they're like obviously the the wake isn't gonna it wasn't as huge like the wakeboard wake wasn't as huge as a G23 which makes complete sense because the G23 is going to be like, you know, like five times more of what that boat costs. Um, so, but yeah, I spent some time on it. I was like, man, this wake is really good shape. It's really fun. And obviously they've got like the wake surf wave is really comparable to like any other boat on the market. Like it's a great shape and it's really good size. And so I just saw like a really good opportunity to, to make that relationship with them work. And and yeah, now they're just, they've come out with two new models since I've been with them. They had the WT2, which was the, the newest boat when I first signed with them. And then they had, which was the boat that uh, didn't have a windshield, like it was a side console boat, kind of like a deck boat style. And then two years after I signed with them, they came out with, or sorry, yeah, two years after I signed with them, they came out with that boat. But then the year after I signed out signed with them, they had they came out with the WT Surf, which is the which is the biggest boat in their line, which is what I have right now, and it's awesome. It's a WT Surf. It's a 23 and a half foot boat, and they're awesome. And I just it's such a good like, I don't know. It's it's I think it's really important to have a brand like that involved because. You know, there's other brands like uh, like Axis or say like Moomba that have like a more price point boat, but they're still not in the same ballpark in the price as as a uh, heyday is. So it's and I, I'm really, really stoked to be one involved thing that them. I find like really cool about it is that people could probably sit at home and be like, oh, yeah, well, Dylan's riding for them and collecting the check, but probably riding everybody else's boats. But I make sure I always put out video content of me riding behind the boat. Well, so anybody that's talking shit about that can go on my Instagram at any time and they can see me do all this that I do behind any other boat behind my boat the thing is is so. that I I actually I showed up to Claremont one day and Parks mm-hmm. is like hey let's go out for uh surf or a barefoot run yeah and we first thing we do we pull out on the lake and there you are with like a loaded mm-hmm. crew or whatever you yeah know? no that's and I, and I think that's one of the things that maybe Ben did some homework on and maybe thought about a little bit because there is a lot of a lot of uh people that sign with boat companies and they're like oh I get a boat I'm just gonna ride with my friend every day and we'll use this as a chase boat and uh and like i got that that boat and i just made sure i took time to like understand how the boat works you know i put the extra weight here and here and i got the wake set up and i i love it like the wt2 that i had for uh, the entire summer i had that wake super dialed and every person that i took out in it like any any anybody like wakeboarder that takes it seriously you always want to have like a really nice big wake right like a nice clean big wake and so to get somebody to come behind a boat they're not familiar with it's like well they're going to spend their own money to, on gas to come ride with you so it's a little bit of a hesitation like oh i don't know if i'm not, i've never been behind this boat right. like you know i don't it's a cheap boat i don't think it's gonna be that good but every single person that's come out on it has been really surprised on how good the wake is that's, so. that's really cool and yeah, and again, like, uh, too, like a dude like you, I, I don't know, I, I feel like you're mm-hmm. like kind of a no BS kind of dude. And I believe, like, you and I talked about this a year ago, and you mm-hmm. told me about how the product has seriously stepped up, you know? And, and yeah. yeah, they're like, if people are judging somebody off of mm-hmm. the first product they ever put out, you know? Yeah, it's funny because I was just, I can't remember who I was talking to just uh, over the last week, and they're like, oh, yeah, those hated boats are like a little bit weird, you know, they don't have a windshield and they're, uh, they're really weird looking and I'm like well have you you haven't I guess like maybe you just saw some old photos of the boats because 
what you're thinking of is not what the boats are now. Like they still offer that side console boat and they still have the WT-1, which is one of the smaller boats, but that one's pretty much just, you have to order that one and they build it. Because all the dealers now are, are all ordering the WT-2 DC, which is a dual console with a windshield and the WT Surf. So those two boats are the best selling ones and that's really all that they're building now. And they're doing really good. And there's so many people when I go to boat shows, they're sitting there literally coming back and forth between uh, the heyday and the access booth, asking me questions. And they're sitting there scratching their head saying, why, why am I gonna spend an extra $25,000 on this axis? And some of them go and buy an axis and then some of them come by a heyday. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's definitely put a, a lot of a thought in people's minds of how much money they need to spend. And it's funny too, cause uh, they'll come over to the heyday booth and they're like, wow, why are, why are these boats so cheap? And it's like a fully decked out WT surf and it's $75,000 or like, you know, between 70 and $75,000. And it's like, the word cheap and $75,000 really don't go in the same sentence sure. very often, you know, like it's funny cause it's just this mindset of, of how much a, a boat should be, you know, and there's like, there's, you know, it's just like vehicles. There's Lamborghinis, there's Ferraris and there's, there's Priuses and there's like all these different kind of cars, you know, like you can do whatever you want, but, um, there's obviously always going to be like a high end, but heyday has really made sure they stay in their lane and made a boat that's like affordable that performs really well. And I think they've done a really good job with that. And that's why, I believe they're the number, the the fastest growing uh, towboat company in the world right now because really cool. they've built a, a boat that's that's uh, really good and, and performs really good. So so Claremont Life and I just mentioned the part about you ran we ran into you. I was with Parks who lives out here mm-hmm. and you had earlier kind of chatted about a bunch of the different names. Um, but Claremont Life, you know, there was this time twelve years ago when all the wakeboarder well. When I first started coming around, it was like everybody was hanging out down in Polk County, close to like where Parks Boniface yeah. family lived. And then everybody moved up to Orlando. And then all of a sudden, everybody kind of migrated out here to Claremont. So yeah. um, uh, how did you how did you end up uh, here in Claremont? Was Claremont your first? Uh, I mean, I know you, you'd mentioned that you were with the World Wakeboard Center and they're just they're in Groveland outside. Yeah. But but being here in Claremont, like what uh, fully got you to, to choose this as the spot? Yeah, well, I guess I, I, I think I'm allowed to say that I'm kind of like one of the OGs of, of Claremont wakeboard scene, even though I'm not from Florida. But I the first, like at, like I said, in 2005, I worked at the at the wakeboard camp, which is in Groveland, which is only a few miles away from here. And then the year after that, um, myself and uh, three other people from Canada, there's Anthony Hollick, um, Adam Burwell, Ashley Lugner, and then another girl, Genesee, who's actually from uh, 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 Salt Lake City. Um, we all lived together in a house that's on this lake. And so we rented this place and just lived there together and just rode every day. And Adam Burwell, his family had a boat in Canada and they were nice enough to let him bring it down to Florida for the winter. Cause it was just going to be in storage for the whole winter. And yeah. And so that would have been, that would have been 2006, I believe the winter 2006. Um, we came down and started spending time. Like we spent the whole, like probably four, four months of the winter in, uh, in Claremont. And then at that time, that was like right when, I think that was right when, maybe Ben, Ben Greenwood, cause he lived here for a long time. He was a coach at the wakeboard camp. And I think they were here before, like a few years before that. And then during that same time, like right around that same time was when Rusty and Danny, they bought a house together, um, which is just down the street from where Parks lives now. And um, yeah, they lived there for, for a long time. And then Rusty just uh, sold his portion, I think to the, of, his, of the house to Danny. And then he moved to a smaller lake that's just uh, a few miles away. But yeah, the Claremont scene's awesome. It's just cool. Cause 
I'm from a small town in Canada. The population of the town I'm from is like 1,500 people. So the idea of me like going from there to Orlando is kind of like a, a pretty big uh, game change for me. So I just really like the vibe here in Claremont. It's crazy how much has grown in the last few years too because I feel like there's a lot of people that are with the same mindset and they're even if they have a job in Orlando, they're kind of migrating out this direction and just making the making the trip into work every morning. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So and you, you talk about like, migrating from florida to canada mm. and there was a a large portion of your time um, before you had made the choice to full-time live down here in florida which which i do want to find out about um about mm -hmm. that too but um going back and forth and didn't do i recall like you you because i feel like a bunch of the canadian guys worked on oil rigs or something like that yeah, it's a pretty popular um, career choice. Uh, a lot of my friends still work in the oil industry. My dad works in the oil industry. None of the wakeboarders that I know of um, worked in the oil industry at all, like uh, guys that you would know of. Um, there's a couple of guys from Ontario, I think, that that, that have worked for a little bit in, uh, in the oil industry. I thought Anthony Hollick was in Anthony, did, yeah, I actually got, got him involved in it. He uh, he lived at my parents' place like when I was when I was working as well. Um, so and, what, uh, what did you do? I'm just um, like I was like imagining you out in the field. Yeah, I was. Oil and <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's. Uh, it's a lot different than people think it is. But it, yeah, it's. It's a lot of. A lot of physical labor. Like when I was like the lowest. Uh, I was. I was called a roughneck, and so I was like the lowest on the totem pole. And you just. It's all it is is just time spent out there, and like you put in time and you work your way up the ladder. And I just never like I only I would only work for anywhere from like probably four to six months at the very most. Um, to save up money to uh, to pretty much come down to Florida and spend what, it all on wakeboarding. What was, the, what was the split? Like when were you there? When were you here? Um, I would usually go. So I would spend I would spend the summer in Canada, and so s summer in Canada. Then like around in the fall, like probably around this time of year is when I would go and work on a rig, uh, get a job on a rig, and I, I would literally just drive around. There's there's drilling rigs all over the place in Saskatchewan where I'm from. So I'd literally just go out on back roads. And uh, and look around and wait till I saw Derek up in the air, which is the big tower, and uh, and I'd, I'd just drive up to the rig and I'd have a resume showing that I had experience. If I did have experience, the first time I had I got a job on rig, obviously I didn't have experience, so I was lucky enough to get started on it. Um, and I would just go in there with a the resume, show them I got experience, and it would. I, I think the longest it ever took me to get a job as a roughneck was probably maybe two weeks or something like that. So it's a it's a pretty sought off or it's a sought after position. So they're always looking for people to replace because guys come and go like I did a lot. Is it so like lucrative. Yeah, like it's the bit. There's so many people that'll just send in resumes to the office, and they're not gonna unless you've got like a stack of of experience on drilling rigs. They're not gonna be like, oh, let's hire this guy. So they they're, they're like I remember the, some of the ladies in the office say they'll get like 200 re resumes a day. Wow. Guys trying to get a job because they're like, oh, hey, I heard you can make this much money in this amount of time on a drilling rig i'm going to do that and so but the quickest way to get a job is to go and sh show the the rig manager what we call the push you you go out there and uh just knock on his door and show up and show him that you're like like you're physically strong like like he just wants to see you to see and like talk to you see if you seem like you're going to have a good work ethic and after that they'll just uh they'll give you a call back and They'll be like, oh, we got a roughneck that just quit, you know, like within a week or something like that. He's he's uh, taking off, and then that's where the opportunity opens up, and then I'll take the job and, and just work there for three, four months. And then I would come and spend the last portion of the winter down in Florida uh, for three, four months at most. Because if I spent any more than – at that time, I didn't have an athlete's visa. So if I spent anything over four months in the States, I would just get harassed at the border a lot. Because if you're under 50 years old 
and spending four months in Florida, they just instantly think that you're working illegally. So, Hey guys, going to cut in here with a quick PSA. Our sport is currently at risk around the nation and all around the world. There are folks out there who are actively trying to shut ballasted boats down because they feel it's ruining their lake experience. It all comes down to education, etiquette, and empathy. We are all responsible for our own wake, but we are not alone. If you hear of any lakes near you being threatened, the WSIA can offer you all the tools needed to fight these battles. I recommend starting with your local boat dealer and making sure that they are WSIA members themselves. That ensures that they will follow the Wake Responsibly initiative and help keep your lake safe. You can find all the resources you need at WSIA.net and WakeResponsibly.com. Let's do our part to keep the sport we love thriving. And now let's get back to the interview with Dylan Miller. So, as far as like becoming a pro rider, if mm-hmm. you're like you're going home, you're putting half your time into working the rigs, half your time into wakeboarding. You know, I, obviously, like I know that you're competing in the contest. I don't really recall like pro like you having like any major pro tour. Yeah, I think or, that like wakeboard World Series like finishes or anything. Yeah, like that. I I tried to do the tour um, for. I think three seasons I kind of tried to keep up with it and go to like two or three of the stops on the pro tour when I was riding boat a lot. And I think the best I ever, I think I made it into the top 10 like once or something like that, but it wasn't anything that was going to like advance me as a wakeboarder and like put me closer to actually making a living off of it. Um, And then luckily like in 2011 is when I signed with Slingshot and they gave me a travel budget, which is before that I was with O'Brien and I didn't have anything with them. And, um, and yeah, Jeff McKee offered me like a travel budget and, and I was like, well, I, I went back to O'Brien. I was like, Hey, Slingshot just offered me a travel budget. You know, I'll stay with you guys if you offer me the same or more and just kind of negotiated with them. And they're like, Oh man, like that, that Slingshot stuff, it's not going to sell. Like, uh, they're actually the distributor distributor for it in Canada for a few years. And, uh, and they had trouble selling it. And so he just told me that it was a terrible choice. And I was like, I don't know, man, like I, I saw the gear and that was like a really big transition year for them where they kind of changed their products a lot. Like they had new bindings and new board construction where they went all wood instead of using any carbon in the boards. And they really tried to just have a, a unique look at it. And I just, man, like I got lucky and just signed it the right year. And then after that, it just every year it just kept growing and growing. And Slingshot is now like one of the top manufacturers, especially for park boards. Like everywhere like a slingshot like jeff's done such a good job with getting like unique riders who aren't just like cookie cutter wakeboarders that do like the same stuff they're not just going out trying to learn all the same tricks that other people are you know there's people like like wes like wes jacobson there's quinn quinn's been on slingshot for longer than i have i think he's probably been on for the longest out of anybody on the team right now and shred town and he just did a really good job of like compiling people that were super unique. And I think the boards, the way the boards were built and the way the boards rode really attracted all those people, you know, cause everybody that rides for slingshot had a, a pretty big snowboard or skateboard influence. And that's the kind of stuff that they really liked watching. And, uh, I think it's, uh, that's really showed in the way that the, the companies progressed with yeah, the, definitely, uh, yeah. definitely like a, a diverse team for sure. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's cool. You got, you got the shred town guys over on the you know the yeah. the the southwest you got the mm-hmm. uh space mob guys here on the southeast you know yeah. and 
obviously like like worldwide and the the stuff with the foil and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, big big ups big ups to you on that, dude. I wanted to um I wanted to ask you about the whole you know we're, we're talking again about like Florida to to Canada mm-hmm. and um making the decision to kind of leave the family because you I mean you're a U.S. resident now you are a homeowner uh, you're yeah. here. Yeah, it's you know, well, yeah. I got I got married last year, and I st- I still trying to spend as as much time as I can in Canada because I really like, I really like trying to help out the the Canadian wakeboard scene. And some of my sponsors are still completely based in Canada, so I I always try to make sure that I uh, that everybody I, I want everybody to know that I'm that I'm Canadian. But yeah, just uh, I, I obviously I go back there and ride a lot in the summertime. But it's just it's so hard to beat the climate down here, and it's like you know my parents have got winter jackets on and and they're it's, it's snowing and it's uh, today a cold front's coming through right now and it's 80 degrees you know like it's it's like 30 30 degrees celsius celsius right now it's it's amazing so just just the idea of the climate down here makes everything super easy and even if i was completely based in canada as a as a rider right now i'd still i would be i would be spending the 90 percent of the winter traveling you know just trying to 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 film and and take photos so um do you have any major uh, you know i i'm blown away that you're actually here right now you know looking at <laughs> looking at like your resume of i typed in your name like dylan miller wakeboard on <laughs> on um google earlier yeah. just to just to kind of brush mm-hmm. up a little bit and it's just so insane to see the videos the stuff there's like there's you in the philippines there's you in mm-hmm. argentina just uh the the, the uh what well, did i see there was another huge trip you guys did like 3500 miles in in Australia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've yeah, it's one thing that I I'm I'm super grateful for just uh, through wakeboarding. I've got to see just an insane portion of the world. I feel like I've been. I think there's only one continent I haven't been to, and every one of those trips is pretty much all from wakeboarding. So it's it's really cool that I've been able to travel. I'm actually going to the Philippines in three days, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gone for three weeks. I, I've been to the, I think this is gonna be the sixth sixth time I've been to the Philippines. Um, but I haven't been in a long time though, so I'm really excited. I'm going to CWC um, with Stefan Ballert. We're going to be there for uh, for two weeks, and then there's a little Sesatech uh, uh, team get together thing that's going to be at that. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I think it's called Shargao, is how you pronounce it. But there's a there's a park. I can't remember the name of the park right now. I think it's Shargao Wake Park. Still don't know if I'm saying that right. But it's um, it's in the a palm tree forest. Um, I know Brenton Priestley. Um, I know he helped them design the park. Him and Trevor Bashir spent some time there, and they kind of helped design like these down. I don't know if you've seen them online, but they're like these cement down rails. And no, like, I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I'm with like it. a little flat spot at the end, like a little donkey at the end. And so we're gonna spend some time there, and it's right close to Cloud Nine, the surf break, which is another reason why I went surfing today. I wanted to make sure I got my my surfing uh, in order for this trip. I just wanted to get one more session in Florida before I go there. So. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be at CWC for for two weeks, two full weeks, and then the the, the last week of the trip uh, trip I'll be at that uh, Shargao, and we're gonna be wakeboarding and surfing and just kind of it's kind of like a little team retreat. I don't think it's like a really serious like team trip where they're gonna try and get a whole bunch of footage. Obviously, we're gonna film and take photos at the wake park, but um, I think they're also also just gonna kind of focus on having fun and going surfing and just kind of try and. Yeah, just like a little retreat thing, Maybe like a vacation. Create some uh, lifestyle content. Yeah, I think like so. That. Yeah, I'm sure Stefan, he's gonna have his camera. I got a new camera for the trip too, which I'm stoked on. Yeah, you're and filming a lot, right? Yeah, I film quite a bit. I, I I try and make all my own my own my own content, I guess, on my page, which is kind of weird when you're like self-promoting. It's a weird thing to like be always editing footage of yourself, but right. 
that way, I guess I, I'm really, I'm really picky about, um, who I work with. Like if I, I if I'm ever going to film with somebody, I always kind of watch some of their stuff to see how it looks. Cause I don't, I, I, yeah, I just don't want to have, I'm really picky. And I feel like that's probably a, a good reason or a, a good contributor why I've made it as a wakeboarder through just pretty much through video projects and stuff. Like, so I, I'm, I'm just picky with who I work with. And obviously Stefan is one of the best uh, videographers in the, in the wakeboard game. And yeah, and I just try and make sure I work with the right people. And I guess that's one of the reasons why maybe uh, why I try and edit my own stuff because then I make sure it looks the way that I want it to well, all the time. And, so. <laughs> and uh, obviously mm. you are very strong-minded about how things look and should look. Yeah, uh, I am for sure. I've definitely got an opinion. And you've made it let, you've let it be yeah. known on many occasions. Maybe, for uh, sure. Maybe uh, with or without people knowing uh, that that <laughs> yeah, I had to stay. I had you. to stay in the clo- <laughs> I had to stay in the closet for a little bit with uh, with Wakes Each, which I know you're talking about now. Just because at the time when like when it started up, it was um, uh, I feel like if people would have known right out of the gates like that it was me, then maybe it, I, I'm almost sure that it would have lost traction. Um, maybe because I I didn't have like a, a a known like a well-known name in the wakeboard industry, and so. I feel like people are just like, oh man, this who is this stupid kid? Like he needs to shut up. Like why is he telling us what we should and shouldn't be doing? And I wasn't like, and obviously, obviously it was as a lot of my opinion, but I really tried to make sure that it was like a broad spectrum opinion that a lot of other people shared. I mean, how often were certain you getting? Things. I can just imagine the DMs coming through with people like probably trying to send you content that needs that yeah. they wanted you to put up. And yeah, and, and there's got to be something every now and then that comes through, and then you're just like, "This is gold." Yeah, well, that's where I honestly I don't really look. There's I I find a fair bit of it on my own. Just will pop up on my Instagram feed, and I just think it's funny. And now it's it's changed so much. You know, like the the whole idea of it. At first, it was trying to. I tried to just um, prior prioritize it to stop people from maybe grabbing in certain spots on their board, which is it's so funny, you know, how like just to think about that idea is like, oh, you can you can grab here, but you shouldn't grab there. But now I feel like so that was the whole idea of it, just because I feel like it was it was getting hated on, like wakeboarding was getting hated on for outside of the industry from like maybe snowboarding and skateboarding um but you just, also had some influential like like snowboarders yeah well kind I, of. I can't even take like the credit for starting wakes each like because uh i don't know I, I won't mention who it is who started it i'm sure most people know but i don't know if they want me to talk about it at all but the two yeah two of my friends started it and then i uh, myself and dustin o'farrell kind of got like um i don't know grandfathered into it or something i guess and we started kind of operating it uh with them and then um and then right at that, right around that same time, like within a year or two, Instagram got popular, and I was like, "Oh man, I better like save this name for for uh, Instagram because this could get like pretty popular." And then Instagram like blew up, and uh, and then I just made sure I kept because uh, before that we were just doing website uh, website uh, right. updates, and it was just photos and captions, which is literally all Instagram is. And so um, yeah, Dustin and I both started putting stuff on uh, on the Instagram account, and then. Um, yeah, and it, it, it grew quick, and then all, and then all of a sudden you started getting a lot of traction, and people were actually interested in it. And there's a few other accounts like that that are online now too. There, there's like a couple that are being like, kind of how Wake Each was off the start because I think it was pretty harsh off the start. Like yeah. we, were, we were pretty like opinionated on yeah. it, and like with with age and everything, things change. And now obviously I'm not nearly as aggressive. Like and it, now it's completely changed. Like from where it started, 
started with um with like grabs and like being teed up on on rails like board slide versus you know 50 50 like there's no feebles and like smiths you know like in wakeboarding and everything so it's it's really migrated more i've just made the transition and put it into a, like a comedy page yeah it's pretty much what it is well and, here's and, the thing yeah. i think it was funny is okay like a couple of points when mm-hmm. it first started it's like one of those things where it's like slightly hurtful and also <laughs> you did not want to be hot you and i'm sure you guys missed out on a lot of likes and stuff like that too because yeah. people didn't want to admit that they were because they mm-hmm. didn't want to be got next or something or caught liking it or whatever yeah. and then now it's like at the point where it's funny because mm-hmm. nowadays when you do post somebody i'll see somebody like post like at so-and-so you finally made it bro yeah it's pretty funny how people people actually like uh like pe- people, it. yeah, people will send me videos of themselves where they like mess up and and they want they want it to get posted on there. But yeah, like mo- like I like I was I was I mentioned it earlier, but the majority of the content, like I find some of it on my own, but the majority of it is just on the in the direct messages. Like people just send me stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious. And so like I'll post anything from falls to like people doing dumb shit, wake surfing, like like uh, pregnant women like wake surfing doubles with their husband or something like just really weird you know i'm not saying it's wrong for them to do that somebody's chugging a bottle of champagne yeah or just like but some of it's getting super annoying like there's so many people like there's guys wearing like it's like the number one thing for people to do it's like what can i what wardrobe can i put on while i'm wake surfing that's gonna blow up on instagram and people just do all this weird weird stuff just to try and to get i guess it's kind of what we're all doing is trying to make a clip whatever that people want to watch but I, I, I'm not a huge like a lot of the stuff that I get sent I don't put it because I, I don't want to give that person publicity because he's wearing a robe drinking tea while he's wake surfing like anybody can do that like yeah. so I don't like and, he, and then things. they call it the Englishman and they think that it's like a real wake surf trick yeah and they like. think it's it's I don't know there's certain things that I think are funny and then there's other things where I think people are just like scratching at it just to try and get a, a, attention you know so I I still am picky about what I put on there, but like you said, it definitely has changed. Like having the mask of Wake Siege before it got revealed of like who it is that's running, it definitely changes my perspective on it. Right? It's a lot easier to like you know like I mean, anybody. You were calling like, friends out. Yeah, times. and that was it was it was it was like it was funny at, at the start because there were certain people that like I would I would post stuff on there. And this is the time, like when I was running it, nobody knew, and I was just like, man, like this was kind of messed up. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have posted this clip. Like this was, this was really, <laughs> like they, they could have done this way better. And I'd post it, and you know, but if it, if everybody knew that it was me at that point in time, and like if I posted, like it would be a really weird conversation. My friend, it's like, dude, like come on, why? Well, why would you I do mean, that at that me, point, you know? people were probably like, well, okay, yeah. I think it's Dylan, but there's no way that it he would start controversy, me, you know. You so know? I felt like that opened the door, and then I feel like most people, like I'm sure there's people that still are like hold a grudge. We're we're getting closer to the end. Yeah, uh, no I was gonna do this a little bit earlier, but I, I so going back to kind of talking about some of those videos that I was watching of yours and mm-hmm. some of your trips. One of the trips that I saw that you took uh, was to Argentina, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the guys that runs a cable park out there who I'm old good friends with. He's crazy. We don't hang out nearly enough these days slash I'm not crazy enough to hang out with this guy. (laughs) You think you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I got an idea. Yeah. Fede. Yeah, I know Fede. (laughs) Yeah, Fede. So anyways, um, I I was watching that video and I'm just like, and it just kind of. A lot of it was at his park, the barracks park. Yeah, exactly. In Argentina. And I'm watching this video. I know he's like a wild and crazy dude. I look at you Mm -hmm. and like, you're so laid back and mellow. (laughs) And also, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you're, you know, like you're a troublemaker. And mm-hmm. I love you, Fede. But if you're listening, you're a troublemaker, yeah. bro. Um, anyways, 
Uh, I I wrote up some questions inspired by that video. I'm calling mm-hmm. this En Fuego <laughs> Rapido. <laughs> All right. I don't know if that means rapid fire, but it I don't know what it like means either, money, but, so. but um, I'm ready to answer. All right. So, so longest distance traveled to ride a wakeboard? Hmm. Probably Australia, I guess. I think, oh, I don't know. It takes a really long time to get to the CWC as well. Like the trip that I'm about to leave on in a few days, it's a, I think it's 23 hours to get to Manila. And then I got another like two hour layover in Manila and then a 45 minute flight to Naga, which is a city that CWC is in. So that one's going to be like 26 hours. So that's a full day in transit. It's brutal. It's a long one. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people go there to fly. They fly into Manila and you save a bunch of money taking the bus, but you definitely don't save oh, yeah, on you your save lifetime. Of, if you think this $70 is saving a bunch of money. You yeah, save a bunch you of save, money. you're going to save on your bags because they'll charge you like a hundred bucks for your bags, but the flight is $60. So it's true. like $40. So I'm willing to sp- put in an extra hundred bucks to not sit on a because there's no, and that this is just like a Western privilege, privilege thing, but there's no like uh, really nice highways in the Philippines. So when you're driving on the bus, you're kind of on a back road the whole time it's and you're stressful. you're on a bus which has got ac which is awesome it's comfortable in there but it's you're bouncing around a lot and it's like a 10-hour bus ride after a 24-hour flight i'm not interested no. if i i if i'm willing to spend the extra hundred dollars on sitting on the flight for 45 minutes to get there quicker and yeah i don't blame you and yeah. neither does anybody else yeah first wakeboard memory that comes to mind like maybe like a contest or like a, uh, maybe a TV show or a magazine or something like that. Mm, as far as like influence goes. Yeah, just like something that you like something uh, that you saw. Like when I first, when I first got started wakeboarding, well, I started the first year I rode was 1999. And I remember looking through like the, I remember like Hyperlite's catalog, and I was just like. Yeah, and I just saw like like uh, at that time there was like Dean Lavelle I think and like Sean Murray, I'm pretty sure Jeff here was still a part of Hyperlight at that point in time. And I remember just like looking through that catalog, just looking at all these different boards, like which one I wanted to buy because that was before I even had a board, like that. And then probably um, uh, Free for All, the, the wakeboard film, like that was it's still probably I haven't seen it for so long. I need to watch it again, but just. That 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 film probably had the most um, influence on me as a wakeboarder, just because of the like the whole spectrum of wakeboarding they covered. Because that was really when rail riding kind of like started right. to like being like, hey, like we need to do this too. This this is cool. And they did that like crazy U-Haul bus gap. And I remember like there was like Kyle Schmidt. He like test dummied it and blew his knee. They went way too fast, and he like bomb dropped from like 25 feet off the top of this U-Haul into another lake. And but I remember that it was like him and Parks, Danny, Shane, Chad Sharp. I think that's everybody that hit that gap. But I just w- watching those guys hit that huge down rail, and that's really like probably one of the reasons why I ride boat and also like try and do things that like make people say, "Why did he do that on rails?" You know, like or, or attempt things like that. <laughs> Top five most influential old school. Canadian legendary wakeboarders, in your opinion? Top five. Yeah, I'll just count them down. I mean, five might be a lot, but I don't um, know. well, Jeff, Jeff here, uh, I didn't. He was kind of before I got into wakeboarding a lot, so I didn't like grow up like watching a bunch of videos of him. But I learned about him as I, as I like got more involved in so it. So respect but, Jeff here. Yeah, but the number one would be Chad Sharp for sure, like because he he was, like, and he was in that film, and I remember like seeing that he was from Canada, and I was like, that guy's badass. Like just seeing, and he, I remember he did like a. Uh, he did a, a 270 um, 
that regular 270 switch front board on that down rail setup on that bump films uh setup so he was like the number one influence for me like as a canadian off the start and then rusty um because rusty really hit home for me because he was from saskatchewan so like i remember going to a contest when i was younger and i remember me and my friends like geeking out like going over to his board bag and we we're like oh, and he had his board bag like open and he had two boards and two pairs of bindings and we're like wow look at this guy he's got like look two, how he travels yeah he's got two full setups and he got them for free and this is like before we were sponsored so we were just i remember just being blown away by that like and it's cool breaks one every yeah set. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool because rusty lives like right down the street and i just rode with him the other day so that, that's cool for me every once in a while i still think about that like um so yeah he, he was a really big influence um we got two trying more trying to think two more who else who else canadian riders that guys i looked up to well some of them are kind of like my peers like dustin i feel like dustin o'farrell was always like ahead of me like when we were both wakeboarding which he, he doesn't really he still does ride he still kills it but he's like chosen a different career path or whatever now but he was always like such a big influence for me um like riding with him like luckily we, we became friends like a long time ago and and just riding yeah riding with him all the time and seeing the way he rode has been, been a huge influence on on the way that i ride and just making like small simple things trying to put your own little flavor on them and i think he is like the the king of that in wakeboarding like he just kind of he just does like stupid little shit all the time like a like a like a 180 or like just i don't want to I can't think of any like specific examples, but there's just certain things he does that he always makes look like his own. And there's so many other people that really think that as well. Yeah. And obviously Kevin too, like Kevin Henshaw was such sure. a, a big influence. He was like, you know, like one of the best rail riders for however many years in a row. And, and, um, yeah, he was a, a huge influence, but there's, there's so many like Ollie Jerome, another yeah. good one. And then like a bunch of guys from I was, Canada. I was like, I had like yeah. Balzer and Rathy. Yeah. Balzer. Mind. Yeah. Balzer was and Rathy's. Yeah. That's another one. There's, there's a lot of Canadian wakeboarders and Rathy. I looked up to him a lot too. Like his video parts, like as I was coming up, um, he had already like progressed so far into the wakeboard scene. Like, uh, is not only just like a Canadian, but just as like a top dog for sure. Like he's really some of the best video parts like of all time, you know, like in, for boat riding and rail rail riding, he's he's uh, one of the all time greats. So worst dude to travel with. Worst dude to travel yeah. with. Stefan's the best, bro. But he's yeah. the worst. Um, well, Stefan's really moody too. He'll go he'll go through swings, but he's never he's never bad. I just we we and him we traveled so much, so that I just I know how to deal with him. He knows how to deal with me, but I don't know. You're really asking me to throw somebody under the bus here. I'm, nobody's popping into mind quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of who. The funny thing is, somebody will pop into mind like as soon as we like hit the uh, <laughs> the uh, off button here. But oh, good. I, I you don't have to it. throw anybody under the bus here. I I, I honestly no. don't even know that I could answer the question right now. Yeah, about... I don't know. I'm trying to think of negative experiences, but I've obviously there's been negative experiences. Well, you know, every... snoring, stinky bathrooms. Oh, okay, uh, that kind of stuff. Which is smelling. Uh, Patrick, gear. Patrick Whelan, He's he had some he had some uh, amazing noises that came out of his mouth while he was sleeping. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, I remember, sleep apnea. Who knows? Yeah, the one time, I, one time I woke up when we were in Canada f uh, filming for uh, for slingshots uh, that lip smack film, and man, I woke up and I like I thought we were like under under attack or something. I didn't know like it sounded like a horse had made love to uh, uh, some sort of a boar, and they were um, yeah, it was insane. The noise that coming was coming out of fetch. I woke up and like Ollie was sleeping right beside me. Like we were in these like beds all like in this small room, and. Uh, and I, I had no idea. I remember asking, oh, I was like, oh, my God, like, what is that noise? And, like, Patrick was, like, right over to the other corner of the room. And he's like, I think it's Patrick. I was like, holy 
That was insane. You guys should have recorded it, bro, and we yeah. should have played it right now. Definitely. Insert sound <laughs> clip here, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, dude, this is this has been awesome. I appreciate you for yeah. uh, for having me out here. I'm glad we finally mm-hmm. got to sit down and do this whole thing. And it's funny, I I I took notes and I wrote this interview out for the most part. I didn't touch on every single thing I wrote, but mm-hmm. it was funny. I stopped myself because I was like writing. I was going through the computer and just kind mm-hmm. of brushing up on you and some of the stuff. And I feel like we could have literally either gone another two hours or probably <laughs> just recorded two more episodes here. I mean, yeah. But at the, at the same time, you think we, we touched on some pretty good stuff. Anything else you want to, yeah, uh, aside think... from your sponsors and your support and everything like that, anything else you want to touch on? Um, anything coming up, know. like videos or anything we should watch out for? Just I guess this trip to the Philippines, I'm gonna I'm I'm probably just gonna be re- releasing clips like as I as I go along throughout the trip, and then I'll probably I've got this new camera like I said I'm excited to use that, so I'm probably just gonna compile a bunch of footage, and then just put something like on Instagram TV or something like that, like a longer a longer length feature, and I'm sure Stefan is gonna film a stuff over there too because he's uh he's uh that's what he's all about, so um yeah it should be good it's just just that I guess coming up and then I'm sure I'm gonna have some new stuff uh being released through um through heyday because I just got a new boat like uh I think two weeks ago I saw you um, did some some tutorials or walkthroughs yeah so like uh yeah like uh, um not with that that would have been with would have been with the last boat that I, I had the wt2 so that with this one I'm sure I'm gonna have some new some new features coming up and um yeah and so and and this trip like to the Philippines I'm gonna be filming a bunch of stuff for O'Neill. They're the ones that sent me over there, which I'm super uh, grateful for, and I'm uh, O'Neill Canada, I guess I should say, and uh, and yeah, so I'm just gonna be uh, compiling clips for them and for Sandbox, another one of my sponsors. Yeah, go ahead, and drop, those guys. The, drop the drop the sponsors real yeah, fast. Yeah, the, the people that support me, uh, is Slingshot, Heyday Wake Boats, O'Neill Canada, which is based out of Quebec. It's a uh, White Wave Sports, I guess. It's like the d- distribution company that owns the rights to uh, O'Neill in Canada. Um, I can't remember what I said now. Sling uh, or Sandbox, uh, Biwake's another supporter of me, and um, yeah, and there's actually a new sponsor that I'm working with, an eyewear company, which I won't release yet. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be filming some stuff uh, with them when I when I get over to uh, when I get over to the Philippines. I'll do like a a release um, that I'm kind of joining their squad, and then uh, and then I think we're gonna do some giveaways and like give away some shades. So yeah, I'm maybe we could with them. maybe we could you got any sh- shades here? You can put a pair on. We'll I'll take a photo for when this releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I got I got a bunch. They just sent me some new ones. They've got a few models. We'll set me up and, with a pair. I'll give away a pair on yeah. my podcast. All right. Yeah, I, I got it. They actually just sent me. Um, yeah, they sent me like four of the same the same frame, so I can uh, I can hook you up with one of those pairs. Let's for do sure. something. Let's do something like if someone. Mm-hmm tags you or something yeah. and shares down. the episode or i've got whatever. some extra pairs i'm trying to think did i mention all my sponsors there what did i say i don't know yeah I slingshot slingshot heyday uh o'neill canada Bywake, sandbox and i'll give a shout out to kraken too the the winch company which i haven't winched a bunch in the last little while but uh, they 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 look after me. I got a real nice machine in the garage in case I want to go hit the streets. Very, uh, in <laughs> case Parks comes out and wants somebody to yank him through one of the canals exactly. barefoot. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Uh, shout outs, family, anybody like that? Uh, sure. My my mom and dad, Glenn and Brenda Miller. Much appreciated all the support over the years. My wife Ariel, my sister Rihanna. She actually just had I missed an uncle for the for three times over. Now she just had her uh, another son here a little while ago and. Shout out to my girl Stella, who I'm looking at in the backyard. She's trying to capture a squirrel right now, and um, 
And my cat, Blue, she's probably lurking at the window right now, trying to figure out how to get out here so she can attack some lizards. It's like, what the heck are you guys doing out there? <laughs> All right, brother, we know we know Wake Zeets, but that's not really where to follow Dylan Miller. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just but, simple, but Dylan still Miller. follow Wake Zeets, right? Yeah, sure, if you want to. It's uh, if, you, if, if you're in for a good laugh, I think it's a good follow for sure. All right. Uh, how about all your other uh, uh, places of interest where people can find you? That's pretty much. I'm just. I just kind of exist on Instagram. Other than that, I don't really do the Facebook thing any anymore. There's. Uh, I Instagram keeps me busy enough. Otherwise, I think I'd be on my phone and my computer too Facebook much. Facebook is your birthday page. Yeah, that's my birthday page. If you guys want to wish me a happy birthday, you can go ahead and do that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Instagram is pretty much where I just do all my stuff. It's nice. Everybody hates on Instagram. I used to hate on Instagram too, but it's just such a such a important part and really for what i do like releasing video clips and like video parts it's like the best thing ever like i literally can just go and film something and then you know an hour later i can edit it and put it on the gram for people so to, to check Dylan out Dylan miller or? yeah just my name d-y-l-a-n-m-i-l-l-e-r how did you man you must have got you they started instagram and you were like boom. yeah I remember, well, yeah, Kevin, I, it was when I was living with Kevin Henshaw when Instagram popped up and he was like ran and raving about, uh, about Instagram. He's like, dude, it's so cool. You just like post photos and it's like, yeah. And you can like go in there and like people's photos. You can comment. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I, I just went and got it. Like after he said that, cause it was like Facebook got really popular really quick. So I was like, ah, I should probably just like do this just in Someone case. Someone stole like, my name. Really? Yeah. That's why Damn. I'm Dano T Mano. Uh, especially Rodrigo is like, and what does the T stand for? The... <laughs> Especially nowadays, if you're trying to get your like an actual Instagram handle that's your name, like good luck. It's it's almost impossible unless you've got the most impossible name to spell in the entire world. That's it. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all. All the stuff I do is on on Instagram and uh, maybe a little bit on YouTube too. But I still haven't really committed on that yet. I don't know if I'm gonna go the blogging route. Haven't made any uh, commitments on that yet. So well, if you do, I know a guy. You know a guy. Yeah, David O. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. He he owns the owns the YouTube for wakeboarding. So right. yeah, you had a podcast with him not that long ago. That's I know, a, yeah, that's really. one of the ones I listened to. Everybody was like, "Oh man, you gotta listen to it." It's like, and people were like, some people were like, "Oh, it was actually like pretty good." You know, like that. The, he, David, he's he's got like a pretty good outlook. And then are people were like, "Oh my god, did you hear some of the shit that David guy said on there?" So that that was that was funny. I'm sure that a lot of that was probably one of your most viewed or yeah, listened to. I it imagine. really was. Yeah, it didn't it doesn't surprise me at all. Anything so. David does, he just if he gives you a little bit of a rub, like mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, we had him come up to our event in Wisconsin. He he really is a nice guy, and yeah, I get what where people are coming from and stuff. But yeah. like if you if you know that he's trying to do a job. Yeah, and I get it. He is, yeah. I actually met him randomly at Argent in Argentina. That trip that we talked about, we were at that barracks park that Fede that uh, Fede runs. Him and his brothers, and um, we were we just got like done a session on the one on the one two point And I looked over, and I like saw this person riding there doing like a like a back like a tantrum blind up the gap. And I was like, man, that person, like their style, like something about them, I was like, looks super familiar. And I like, I was like, man, I swear. And I saw it was like an O'Brien board. And I was like, man, I swear that to that David O'Queef guy. And uh, and I was, me and Stefan were standing. I was like, I think that's him. I was like, what? Like, why is he here? Like, he doesn't really ride cable that much. But he was actually in town. It was weird. Like the, the exact time we planned that trip to Argentina was when the the boat world was going on in Argentina as well, which was only a few miles away from, I guess, the barracks park. Right. But yeah, I met him randomly there. I think that's the only time I've ever really seen him in person. But yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. You know, he's just yeah. He seems super nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, brother. Hey, well, I appreciate you for listening, and uh, even more than that, I appreciate you for having me over here and yeah. being on my show. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. There it is, guys. Dylan Miller. We'll be right back with more here. On the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Dig it. Yeah.
You know Dylan Miller is a pretty great Canadian. Another great Canadian is a man named Robert Oswell, founder of Roswell Marine. Over 20 years ago, he started the company out of his garage in Edmonton, Alberta, and his vision grew into one of the most recognizable brands on the water. Most recently, Roswell released their 2019 IBEX Innovation Award-winning set of Roswell R1 Pro Tower speakers. You have to hear these things for yourself, people, aesthetically and earstetically. They're like nothing I've ever experienced before. I wish I could put them into words that could properly convey the feelings, but this is just one of those things that you need to enjoy firsthand. Check out one of their 30-plus dealers around the U.S. and Canada, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website, roswellmarine.com, to find the one closest to you. That website again, let me spell it out, www.roswellmarine.com. So in our interview with Dylan, he mentioned that he had just signed on with a new sunglass sponsor. Well, I'm happy to announce that sponsor was none other than Harbor Eyewear. In fact, Dylan even gave me a pair of polarized sunglasses, and I'm going to give them away to you guys. I got a chance to wear them around town, and just so we're clear, I don't want to give these things away, but I'm going to because that's just the kind of guy I am. Here's the deal. If you want to win these sunglasses, all you have to do is email me at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com and just ask me a question. Ask me Anything that you want me to answer on this podcast, that's it. Just one question. What's my favorite food? What car do I drive? What's my favorite trick? Really, anything you want. I'll pick a winner at random and I'll announce them in December. Maybe I will use these questions for a special episode. Who knows? I'm actually pretty excited to see what you guys want to know. It's actually fitting that Dylan was on this episode because the first time he was on last year was when I hosted the Active Water Sports Evening with the Stars out there in Portland, Oregon, and that's exactly where I'm headed to again this month. First, I'll be heading to the Centurion Boats Dealer Meeting where I'll host their dealer awards in beautiful San Diego, California, and then I'll be driving all the way up the coast to Portland, Oregon, well, I'll be hosting the 31st annual Evening with the Stars on November 22nd, again at Active Water Sports. It'll be my second time hosting, and I'm sure that we'll get some quality podcast content out of it as well. I'm hearing rumors that Quinn Silvernail from the Valdosta Wake Compound will be there, as well as the legendary Bob Sovin, Mr. Reliable Jake Palat from Ronix and Tyler Hyam. And there's also possibly going to be one more Ultra Dream guest, but I'm not going to say who it is quite yet because I don't want to jinx it. I want to make sure it happens. Anyways, it's always subject to change, but if it all goes the way I'm hoping it does, let's just say you guys are going to want to tune in for them all. I do want to give a big thank you again to Dylan Miller for being on the show. Thank you all, though, for listening. An enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, WSIA, 
Roswell Marine, Active Water Sports, Centurion Boats, Boulder Boats, Masterline, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Connolly, Ronix, Hyperlight, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashevich on copy, and Rich Walsh on sound. Just a reminder, you can follow me on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast and on Instagram at Dano T. Mano, you can message me there or at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. That's it. That's all, folks. I want to thank you all one last time for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.